0: All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Twins SB Nation leading off podcast. Uh, the Twins just clinched the AL Central Division title, and we're the second for the second year in a row. And that's what we'll be mainly focusing on today, talking about you know the upcoming playoffs. The Twins will face the Astros, but we'll be talking about the keys to the postseason success. Uh, discussing whether we're worried about Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton, or Josh Donaldson. Postseason preview versus the Astros, of course, and just yeah pretty much recap the season and talk about the upcoming playoffs. And Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm um, doing well. We didn't,
1: we didn't get the win today, but it doesn't matter. We still won the division. You would have liked to at least end the season on a note with the W, but it doesn't really matter. Back-to-back division champs. Here we go. 2020 AL Central champs going into the postseason. Got the the home field advantage there for round one and going to host the Astros and hopefully it'll be a, it'll be a fun, fun se- series there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I, It's honestly kind of funnier that they won the division without winning the final game. It's like, all right, White Sox, you failed. You had your chance, but nope, blew it anyway, just because they lost seven of their final eight and eight of their last ten, the Chicago White Sox, to really just ultimately collapse, which is hilarious because I don't like the White Sox, so I'm glad that happened to them. Yeah, they they really had a pretty epic collapse there at
1: the end. I mean, going 2-8 and eight over your last 10, they have a chance to win the division, and they just flush it down the toilet. But, hey, it worked out for the Twins. Twins didn't play their best ball this last homestand. You know, I was hoping they would have played a little bit better, but they played well enough to surpass the collapsing Chicago White Sox and take over first place for the second year
0: in a row. Right, and this is something, this division title um... – Something I've actually, I've wanted, I get that it's not hugely important in a year with eight playoff teams, you know, get second place, you make it, but it, whatever, I like winning the division, you get to hang that banner, you got to want to hang, a, you know, do the White Sox hang a second place, did they, or did they finish third? They uh, finished third, right, Jeez, well do the Indians finish, hang a second place banner in the AL Central 2020? <laughs> no, I like, it. I, I like winning the division, it shows you're a good team, and then if you lose Three or uh, th- two in a row in the playoffs, you can say, "Well, at least we won the division, right?" So we had last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hopefully we don't we don't uh, hang our hat yeah, on that and yeah, yeah.
0: say, so, "Well, at least we won the
1: division." Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is really nice to to win the division. You know, this year we've we've talked about a lot on the show where the importance of winning division from a, a playoff standpoint hasn't really existed in 2020. But you always just want to win the division. and It feels good, especially when you can win it two years in a row and you know keep the 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 crown of the division i think that's important it means a lot to the players and the the coaching staff and to the fans and and so it's always great to see that and and i'm happy the twins were able to get that done
0: absolutely and as i said this was the second year in a row kind of the first it was this is really the beginning of what the felby levine core in front office hoped to build 2019 was the start of it and it's just continuing in 2020 and Just showing they know what they're doing. They've built a really good team all around. And even with a lot of injuries, a lot of people's players struggling throughout the season, they still managed to find a way to finish first. So good on them for doing that.
1: Yeah, and I guess one thing I'll add, I've lived in Minnesota now for for two years, and the Twins have won division title in both years. (laughs) So all of you, you're welcome.
0: (laughs) I will throw in there, I'm sorry about your San Francisco Giants. It looks like they just missed out on the playoffs today.
1: Yeah, they did. That, that yeah. was that was a tough one. We don't need to get into that one. It's the twins <laughs> podcast, but the home plate umpire, I, I swear <laughs> he had a he had a vendetta against the Giants. Anyway, moving on, to the twins. <laughs> we don't want to be I don't want to be all depressed no, on no, the show. I,
0: I just checked the standings and saw that side so to throw it in there. I'm sorry. Anyways yeah. Um we'll main someone we want to focus on today. Um Luisa he you know, he didn't really hit for the average we expected throughout the season. But over the last few games here, he's been on it, just a tear. Finished with a three twenty-one batting average, which is about right where we all expected him to be. And good on him heating up right as we get into the playoffs. He'll be someone the Twins will need with a lot of the players currently struggling. It's good to have Luis Arise back. He's having good at-bats, putting solid barrel on the ball, and looking good all around. What have you seen from him?
1: Yeah, I believe when he came off the IL uh, here most recently, I think he came back with a two eighty-eight average. He has just an incredible hot streak the last three games and he finishes with a 321 average. Some of that you talk it up to a small sample size, uh, limited at bats. You'll, you'll have that that huge spike with a couple hot games there. But good for a rise. It's really nice to have him back. He certainly makes his team um, a lot better. He adds a lot more length to the lineup. You know, he doesn't provide a lot of the same pop that some of the other guys do, but he gets on base a lot, and he gets a lot of hits, and he's really valuable to this team, so it's nice to have him back, and it's nice to see him play the way he's played here this last series against the Reds and, and getting hot
0: going into the postseason. That's huge. For sure. Yeah, he'll be a key player for the upcoming playoffs, and yeah, just speaking of keys to postseason success, um, the Twins will need players like Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, Donaldson, Buxton, and the bullpen to really come through, but first, Max Kepler, who has been He's been up better lately, but still cannot hit a left-handed pitcher to, like, he just can't. Like, it's been awful this year. What do you do late? Just I'll pose this question to you. Um, late game, Max Kepler's up, eighth inning, lefty on the mound. You got a tying run on second. Do you hit Kepler, or do you put someone like Adrianza in the game to get go get a hit? I'm
1: still going to roll with Kepler in that situation. Um, even though he's struggled against lefties, I still just like the – Ability and potential of Max Kepler over anyone else we could possibly throw into that situation. You The know, only exception would be if Brent Rooker hadn't worn a yeah. fastball to his forearm. Uh, but With the absence of a guy like Brent Rooker, I think you're in a situation where you're just going to roll with Max Kepler. And what you get from him is, is what you get. And hopefully he can figure something out and hit a little bit better against lefties. But get overall, lucky. you know, he, he didn't have a terrible year. You know, he had the WRC plus over 100 you know, OBP around 325, he slugged four fifty. not an awful year for Max Kepler.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It certainly didn't live up to expectations or what he did last year. I think, yeah, we all expect him to be a little better, but 2020 is a very strange year. I think off seasons can be forgiven for the most part. If they didn't look just horrible throughout, like Jorge Blanco is a bit different just because he never looked good, but Kepler shown flashes that he's still the player that we saw. I mean, it's going to be key for him coming in the playoffs. Where, also, where will he bat? Will he be leadoff or will he be, you know, fifth, seventh? Yeah, 49?
1: I mean, depending on Bucks' health, I like Bucks right. in there leading off just with the way he's been hitting. But Max Kepler is certainly a guy that's going to be huge for this team's success in the postseason. If they can get his back going and have him be a force in the, in the middle of their lineup there, I, that makes them a significantly better team. So getting him going is is going to be huge for the success of this team in and, and making a deep postseason
0: run. Yep, definitely agree with you there. Kepler's going to be very important in the outfield. And, yeah, uh, moving on just to the first base position now. Miguel Sano, who is really cooled down from about the middle of the season, he is just, you know, his timing's off. He's not hitting the fastballs he should. He's swinging through every breaking ball. He's feeling at first base. He's even been dropping a couple of balls over there. It's just... Overall, been a horrible stretch for Sano. Maybe that you can turn it on here in the playoffs, but I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You know, quick three game series here. It is. Yes, Miguel Sano. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll
1: delve into him a little bit more when we get to the the worried or whatever segment. But yes, in terms of, of postseason success, Miguel Sano is another guy they're going to have to really get going, and they're going to have to to lean on. He certainly struggled as of late, but he is a very streaky player. And if he can turn it on. Kind of sound like a broken record at this point, but a hot Miguel Sano, it makes this team significantly better, right? So, you know, we've seen it when when Miguel Sano gets hot, he can carry a ball club. The guy is a very imposing figure at the plate, and and getting him going is going to be crucial for this team as well.
0: Absolutely. And over his last 20 or so games, he has hit just 143, 175 OBP with a 390 slug. Uh, So, I mean, we'll talk about him later for sure more. But right now, he's been off. He's just missing everything. But hopefully he can pick it up, and we'll get back to it later. But yeah, overall, he's going to be key in the middle of that lineup. So yeah, moving on. Just a couple games ago, you know, last week, we talked about nothing is more important for this Twins team than staying healthy. You know, well, they're in the playoffs. It's all good. And then, one in the same game, Donaldson kind of re-injures his calf, and Buxton, Byron Buxton gets hit in the head with a fastball, which was super scary, but it sounds like both are going to be ready to go, and that's going to be key if they can both play, obviously, because they're game changers.
1: They certainly are. Yeah, getting both of those guys back and healthy is, is going to be huge for the Twins. You know, the way Buxton's been swinging the bat, um, you just hope that come Tuesday night when the Astros are in town and, and Buxton's back in the lineup that he's able to pick up where he left off before he got hit in the head. And the thing, you know, with, with the, the ball to him in the head, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. It looked like it was more of a glancing blow than anything else. It wasn't necessarily a a direct hit, uh, which probably saved him for the postseason. You know, if he gets just a direct hit to the side of the head, he's probably not going to play in the postseason, Uh, but it's the way it worked out. Mild concussion symptoms, you know, sad in the last two games, but it sounds like he, he will be back and he'll be healthy and he'll be starting in center field come Tuesday night. And that's huge. You know, Donaldson, there's definitely a little bit more concern there with the calf, just given the history with it, and how much time he missed throughout the season with that calf injury. I uh, haven't really heard any updates on that, but hopefully that he can be healed up and ready to go by Tuesday as well, because they're certainly going to need him in, in, in the lineup. You know, I like what Adrianza does defensively, but I really don't want to roll into a postseason game with a. Ray Adrianza starting at third base, or Mario Gonzalez for that matter.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me, and... <laughs> I hate to say a guy got lucky when he gets smoked in the head by a fastball, but considering the circumstances, Byron Buxton did kind of get lucky because he'll be able to likely play game one. And yeah, Donaldson Rocco kind of said, it's not that bad. We keep, we're going to keep him out of these last couple of games for precautionary reasons. Cause there's no real reason to play him. So of course there is concern just because when Rocco says stuff like that, they could be over four months just cause that's how he works. But I Do expect both of them to um, be in the uh, lineup game one on Tuesday here so it's it's interesting and of course the two players we kind of mentioned these two have got to stay healthy both go down with but just horrible injuries that's like are you kidding me but yeah hopefully they're both out there for game one I I think they will be Um, and then you know then we got the
1: bullpen the bullpen's kind of been struggling a little bit lately Um, you know we saw it today against the Reds Romo really didn't pitch well and Romo really hasn't pitched all that well lately. Uh, Taylor mm-hmm. Rogers has had his struggles throughout the year. I think some of that's just kind of been some bad Babbitt luck, not necessarily not executing pitches, although at times you know, he has missed his spots, uh, but the bullpen is, is going to be very important for this team. Like we've talked about a lot throughout the, the show this season, the twins have not gotten a tremendous amount of depth from their starting starting pitching. And with the way the postseason's structured, that they're going to need this bullpen to be very effective. And, and throughout the year, at times, this bullpen has been borderline elite. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of, of hoping we can get that nearly elite-level production from them in the postseason, because if the Twins do get that level of production from the bullpen, they have a very legitimate chance at making a deep postseason run this year.
0: Absolutely. And I'll ask you this. Behind Tyler Duffy... Who do you trust the most to go have a shutdown inning? Because I guess Duffy would be number one. Matt Whistler? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that guy. <laughs> I was like, May or Rogers? Yeah, I guess Whistler is certainly up there. I'd put Clippard in the mix, too. Like, those four. Like, How do you rank? I, I don't know if you want to rank them specifically, but how would you rank, you know, Clippard, Rogers, May, uh, Whistler, and do you throw Romo in there? I don't. I don't know. He's been... Not great lately. I don't trust Sergio Romo right now in a postseason, like eighth inning or anything. He just has not gotten the job done lately. I know you love him and everything. I do too, but <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been struggling. I mean, who doesn't, of course? he exactly. He's not been good. So yeah, he, he really hasn't been, been all that great lately. Uh,
1: I feel like we're being very negative on a podcast for a team <laughs> that has just clenched the division title. Maybe we should show some love. But uh, yeah, overall, the bullpen <laughs> as a whole, they, they've done a, a fine job this year, and the, the bullpen is a major part of the reason why the twins are back-to-back AL central division champs, you know, this year. So there, there's a lot to be encouraged about with the bullpen, you know, guys like Caleb Thielbar and, and Matt Whistler and Clifford's done a phenomenal job. And Taylor Rogers is still a very good pitcher. So I, I'm comfortable really with any of those guys in, in late leverage situations. They're all very good major league pitchers. They've struggled at times, but I feel confident that any, any one of them can take the ball and go out there and get big outs in the postseason. They've all done it. And, you know, I know a lot of people are not very happy with the way Rodgers has, has pitched this year, but I look back to game two of this series against the Reds when he was in the game and the bases were loaded and they had, the Twins had a two-run lead and he's facing Joey Votto. And this game could have quickly swung the other way and gotten out of control from the Twins and potentially have cost them the division. But Taylor Rogers was able to bear down and strike out potential future Hall of Famer Joey Votto in a huge moment. And that's the type of grit, if you want to call it that, that you want to see from a reliever going into the postseason is being able to get those huge outs against very good hitters, and Taylor Rodgers did exactly that. So he's still capable of doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, ability-wise, Taylor Rodgers is really good. Trevor May is really good. Like, you know, Tyler Clippert, really good. Like These guys, they've had their ups and downs throughout the year, but I, yeah, you got to trust them to go out there in a playoff game and get the job done. Matt Whistler, for some reason, included in that group, Like, where the heck did he come from? But here he is. I love him. He's great. He's fun. Baby Sergio Romo. Even though he's like 28, but whatever. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, Romo's like 38. So right, knows. yeah. Romo's
0: like 48, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I certainly, Duffy is number one for me easily. He's the guy I want out there in a close game. But, the, but, yeah, I'm not – when Rogers comes in or Trevor May comes in or Matt Wisler, I'm not going to be, like, game over. Like, this sucks. Why? And also – Right. Right. And comparatively with the Astros bullpen, like, this is a good, really good bullpen unit, the Twins have put together here. It is. Um, and the, the thing
1: yeah. with, with Tyler Duffy, too, is obviously Tyler Duffy is the best pitcher in that bullpen right now. But he's also not a guy that is going to be closing out games. They've kind of used him in right. roles to get – Get Five to out, the six close. yeah. Exactly, and, and that's the guy that they're going to lean on to do that. You know, Like we've talked about just earlier on this show, we haven't gotten a lot of depth from starting in pitching. So Tyler Duffy is going to be that guy that maybe he comes in in this sixth inning and he bridges you to the eighth. Or he you know, gets to the sixth and the seventh, and, and that's the role that he's filled all year, and that's the role he's continuing to fill. It's a very valuable role. He does a phenomenal job at it. So we're just not necessarily going to see him in a in – save-type situation in the postseason. That's not the role he plays in the bullpen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's I'm totally good with that. I don't think your best pitcher needs to be your closer at all. He needs to be someone who can come in in the most you know um, high-leverage situation and get out. And that's exactly what Duffy's done all year. And I trust him. If Barrios needs to get pulled early in the fifth to keep a lead, I trust Duffy to go in there and get the guys out and keep the Twins lead or whatever's going on there. But nope. Yep. Yeah, for sure, I agree with you there. Duffy comes in, gets five, six outs. Then you go with your guys. You go, you know, a combination of Staycheck, you know, Whistler, Rogers, Romo, uh, May, anyone, name them. Clipper. Yeah, yeah. very good bullpen. Really good. Right.
1: Yeah. To to recap this whole segment again, you know, for the listeners, the from our perspective, at least, the the keys to this team having a deep postseason run is getting Max Kepler on track, getting him hot, getting him driving the ball again, and, and having some level of success against lefties getting Miguel Sano hot again, getting Buxton and Donaldson healthy, and getting this bullpen back on track to being where we've seen them be throughout the year. If this team can manage to do all four of those components, there's no reason why this team cannot be competing late into October.
0: Absolutely correct. And after, well, now we're just going to have a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be back talking about worried or whatever. So be right back. All right, and we are back, and we're going to start this worried or, worried or Whatever segment out with Miguel Sano, who we did talk about a bit earlier. I mentioned he was hitting on just a little bit over 100. His OBP has been horrible. In his last 20 games, like, he does have six home runs. So, like, when he does connect, it's going over the fence still. Like, he's, but he hasn't connected much. He's been swinging through everything. And as you said, uh, 42 WRC plus since the start of September, and things are just not going his way lately. Are you going into the playoffs? Would you say you're worried? Or is it just whatever with Miguel Sano?
1: You know, I'm going to go worried uh, just because of how streaky of a player he is and how cold he has been lately. I'm worried that that's going to carry over into the postseason. You know, it starts on Tuesday, and we're talking on Sunday night. So we have one day off, and then we roll (laughs) into the postseason. And maybe if he gets a really great night of sleep, And he rolls into the ballpark on Tuesday. We're going to have the hot Miguel Sano, and I hope that's the case. But I'm not confident that it's necessarily going to be. So definitely worried there. We just talked about Miguel Sano is a major key to this team's postseason success. So they need him to get hot. But right now, I'm worried that he is not going to be the hitter that we want or need in the postseason. And and hopefully, you know, even if he does start slow. In in round one here, hopefully we can get past the Astros and Miguel can get it going as we get into the postseason. But going into that game one on Tuesday, uh, definitely some concern and definitely a little worried about Miguel Sano. What
0: about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually right there with you. I'm worried that Miguel Sano will not be able to find his swing for this quick three-game series here. Maybe he will afterward. You know, he's got time. But to go from what we just saw from him in the last month, to just turning it on right away, I don't see that happening. When he does get streaky, you'll usually see a lot of, you know, his timing is back, he's fouling it straight back, he's hitting it deep in the outfield. But now, right now, he's just swinging through things, striking out a lot. Not, he's just not playing well. So, he's yeah, he hasn't had that stage where he gets going yet. So I, I am worried with you. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's going to perform much this series. I really hope I'm wrong, but I don't see it happening. You've been wrong before, so so hopefully that would also mean that
1: that would also, <laughs> mean, that I, that would also um, mean that I'm wrong. So yeah, nice job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that one. No, I get it. Moving on, though. Uh, we are our second player we're going to be talking about here. Biter and Buxton, who we did mention earlier, got hit in the head of the baseball. Jeez, <laughs> but was on fire before that. And the, I mean, I'm not worried just because we've said it a million times on here. We don't need the twins. Don't need Byron Buxton's bat for him to have an impact out there with his speed and with his glove out there. He's doing enough. Like he could go all for three, strike out twice, and a weird ground out, and he could have a really good game. Like I'm not worried as long as he's okay in the field. That's he for is- me.
1: Right there with you. Um, just kind of whatever on Byron. I just hope it's the only thing I'm worried about would be the health and, and right. where he's at with the concussion symptoms. But if he is medically cleared and he is healthy and he's good to go, I have zero reason to be worried or concerned about Byron Buxton. Like uh, we've talked about a lot throughout the season on this show. Byron Buxton is the most valuable player to this team. He is the most irreplaceable guy on this roster. And having him out there, just makes him a better team even if he goes 0 for 4. You know what he does defensively is you can't replace it. and you know we saw some examples today in the Sunday Sunday afternoon game against the Reds you know, with Jake Cave in center field there were multiple balls hit out there where you just know Byron's going to get to it. And you don't when you don't have Byron out there you give up more hits, you put more pressure on on your pitchers, but having him out there at least defensively just takes a lot of pressure off the pitching staff. And he helps the Twins win ball games with the glove, with the bat, and, and having him back is, is huge. So it's just as long as he's healthy, there's absolutely nothing to be worried about with Byron Buxton.
0: Yeah, for sure. And t- just to touch on the fielding a bit, when he before he went out, I think we saw like two games in a row there was a ball off the fence or right over, right over the fence for a homer where he played it perfectly. He didn't slam in the wall or he jumped correctly or he just, no, I'm not going to catch this. It doesn't matter. And he's getting much better at avoiding injuries, which that's been a key for him. We've always said, can we can Byron Buxton learn to stop slamming himself into the wall? And it looks like he's getting the hang of it. So unless he gets hit in the head with a baseball, he's (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, these unlucky injuries, is what he's suffered through. But it looks like he's the ones that he can manage. He's getting control of Yep, It definitely looks like he has been
1: playing a little bit smarter out there in center field and understanding which balls he can get to, which ones he can't. Um, from a health standpoint, you know, he could probably get to a lot of those balls, but it's at what cost? Do we want to run, you know, 30 feet per second right into a center field wall to make a catch? You know, probably not. Um, But he still has the ability to do that. And I think in the postseason, we might see him make some of those plays, you know, because it, it matters a little bit more. Giving up that solo home run in the third inning of a postseason game is a lot different than giving up a third inning home run in a game in late July. So just I think that Byron will might see a change in that defensively from him and, and trying to get to more of those balls in the postseason. Hopefully he can stay healthy and hopefully he doesn't get hit in the head again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Byron Buxton, nothing to be worried about. Get healthy, get him out there, and make this team better.
0: Right, absolutely. And, yeah, just moving on to the other injured player, Josh Donaldson, who I am more worried about just because this has been an injury that's been nagging him for many years now. And it hit him hard earlier this year. And it's back a little bit now. Apparently, it's just a little tweak. He should be good to go, but it looks like with any given swing during the playoffs, he could re-aggravate this and just be done. Like, I'm worried about it. I it's a scary injury just because he could one one like one tweak, like I said, and he's done. So, what do you think?
1: I'm right there with you too. Uh, definitely worried about Josh Donaldson from an injury standpoint, not necessarily like a production. I think if the calf does heal itself up and he is out there. There's nothing to be worried about from Josh Donaldson in terms of what he's going to do for the team on the field, but there's definitely a lot of worry about the injury. Just what we've talked about and talked about here on the show is that the history with the cap injury and, and how it's really impacted his career the last couple of years and how it's impacted his season this year in 2020. So it's just, And we don't know all the details, right? Because Rocco is very kind of hush-hush about a lot of these things, and and rightfully so. And and that's what causes just some of the the concern and the worriness around the Josh Donaldson injury. I feel confident that he's going to be in the lineup on Tuesday. I just hope that Calf is going to hold up and allow him to stay in the lineup and allow him to produce at the level that we expect Josh Donaldson to produce.
0: Yeah absolutely right there with you and we looks like we agreed on all three i think it's been a month since we did that so look at us yeah that that is a first look at that we win the division all of a sudden we agree on everything <laughs> yes there are some positives coming out of this whole winning the division thing look at that so <laughs> yeah moving on here the postseason preview the twins will face the astros and just we haven't really touched on this the twins did clinch home field advantage for the first one which i think is much more important than a. Uh, the winning the division, like the Twins played better at home than any other MLB team, and yeah, the Astros haven't been great at home, going nine and twenty-two on or uh, at, not not at home on the road. They're nine and twenty-two on the road this season. So, I I guess would is this the ideal team in your opinion for the Twins to be facing?
1: I really think it is. I mean, this was prior to the my Giants losing in the Brewers yeah. clinching. The Astros were the first team in Major League history to clinch a playoff spot with a record below five hundred. They finished mm. the season at twenty nine and thirty one. Um, so I do like this matchup. You know, the, the Astros they have their pitching woes. They still have some very good players in their lineup. Um, so that does there's some concern there, just given this the talent level of this roster. They also finished under 500, and they have been nine and 22 on the road. They were just 10 and 16 in the month of September, so it's not like a very hot Houston Astros team is rolling into Minnesota on Tuesday night. And and so because of that, I do like this matchup. And last last week on the show, we were kind of previewing what could possibly happen in the postseason. A lot of the chatter was on the Yankees. We're not facing the Yankees, but one thing that we talked about a lot was just it doesn't matter who the Twins face as long as they get them at home. And so being able to lock up that first series at home is huge. Just given how well the twins have played at home all year, 24 and seven at home, best record at home in major league baseball in 2020 and, and getting a team that hasn't played that well at home in the first round bodes very well for the Minnesota twins.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with you with all that. Like, I'm glad the twins, they kind of lucked out. Like, after all this, ended up with Houston instead of having to face the you know, even the Indians with Shane Bieber and uh Savali and Plesac and that whole group over there. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad the twins get to face a team like Houston. And I've got the probables here. So first game it'll be Kenta Maeda versus Zach Grinke. Then game two, Barrios versus Lance McCullers. And then game three will be Pineda versus Valdez, which I think all out of those three games, the twins have the advantage in all three. I mean, I'd put, well, except for Maeda versus Granky is a toss-up, but I'd probably, would you give it to Maeda? He finished probably second in Cy Young this year, right? I mean, probably got to yeah. too, yeah. I mean, Grank, he's a, he's a he's a great pitcher. He's been doing this for a very
1: long time. He actually has a pretty decent, like, Hall of Fame resume when his career is over with. You know, granky has been very good. Uh, but in terms of 2020, Kenta Maeda has been better. And the Minnesota Twins have been a better team than the Houston Astros. So I just think that matchup in game one absolutely favors the Twins. And you just got to hope that what we get from Kenta Maeda on Tuesday is, is what we've gotten from Kenta Maeda all year. If the Twins can get an outing from him like we've seen all year, there's no reason why the Twins should not take game one of the series against Granky. And then it gets, it gets a lot easier yep. once you get past Granky. I mean, McCullers is a good pitcher, but Granky's a lot better. So
0: if you and can get... is a lot better,
1: <laughs> Exactly. So if you can get through game one, and then now you just got to win one more.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. Game one will be obviously huge because whoever wins that just has to win one of the next two. So, do you like? Are we on the same page? We like the decision of going with Maeda in game one over Barrios. Yeah,
1: we, yeah absolutely. We've talked about yeah. this, um, right. y'all, you know, throughout the show, and, and I think you know when the season started we probably would have been like, oh, Barrios is going to start game one of the postseason, but with the way Maeda's throwing all year, it's like you have to give the ball to him game one. For sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and Right, I'm right with you.
1: And Barrios going game two, that is a very nice luxury to have. I mean, he didn't pitch all that well his last outing against the Reds, but he still pitched very well as of late, and Jose Barrios is a very good pitcher, and he's your game two starter. Uh, there's a lot of teams that would love to have a guy like Jose Barrios as a game two starter.
0: For sure. After his first three or four starts, he really turned it on and yeah, having a guy with Barrios' ability as your game two starter is he's probably right up there with the Indians and or any other team with their, their game two starter. I mean, the first two for the twins is one of the best undeniably. And then having Michael Pineda game three, like you can't even complain about that against uh, Framber Valdez. Like, I'm taking big Mike there too. Like it's an advantage for the twins in at least the second two games and probably the first, like they should hypothetically win this series, but we all know how that goes. You can't really, you can't say that yet, especially in a random three game series. I mean, the Orioles could beat the Dodgers in a three game series. It's just, it's baseball. So you never know. It's going to be luck.
1: Yeah. You, you never do know um, the three game series does make it a little more difficult. You know, if it was a five game series, I'd say the, the twins have a clear cut advantage. I still think they have an advantage in a three game, just given where the Astros are at with their pitching staff, you know, if they had Justin Verlander and it was Verlander against Maeda and then Granke against Barrios, right. And for the first two games, that's a different conversation, but it's not Justin Verlander's having Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be pitching. So that, That also bodes very well in the Twins' favor, and I really do like this matchup against the Astros, which is kind of a crazy thing to talk about. Granted, they had the cheating scandal, but this is a team that's been in the World Series a lot in the last couple of years, a team that previously nobody wanted to face in the postseason. The Houston Astros were the crown of Major League Baseball for a while, and now here we are in 2020 talking about we're fortunate to face the Astros in the postseason.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. And if you're a big fan of the team with more playoff experience, it's going to be better. Well, then you probably think, yeah, because they the Astros, I mean, they've obviously got a Bregman, Altuve, Correa, Springer. They're, you know, they've won the World Series. They've literally been there. Did they cheat their way to it? Yes, but they've played in the playoffs. The Twins, a lot of these guys have three to four games under their belt in the playoffs. So, so are, do you, are you someone who counts postseason experience as something that really matters or not so much
1: i mean i think it matters but i think right. it's also overblown um it, you know in, in those really kind of huge moments i feel like having that experience reflect back on can be beneficial but it's also it's not like this twins team has never been there granted the experience they had last year was not a very good one but they've at least been there. And some of these guys were also part of that wildcard team in 2017. So a lot of their postseason experience has been losing. It's like you can also make the argument that these guys are hungry to flip that script. They want to win the postseason and and turn the tide of Minnesota sports teams success in postseason, you know, not just the twins, but Minnesota sports in general. Um, so I think this team is hungry and they're, they're going to use their experience to fuel them and, Hopefully, you know, push them over the top and, and get them past the Astros and head down to sunny Southern California for a bubble.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, and you mentioned they've been there. Um, this will be their third year in the past four. They, you know, because 2017, they made it. 2018 did not, but 2019 and now 2020. Guys like Kepler, Polanco, Jose Barrios for sure. He's pitched in in Ma- game. Yeah, Kintomai Maeda's pitched in a World Series. Yeah, and,
1: other, yeah and, and I was thinking about this earlier too, you know, like obviously Kenta Maeda is going to have a lot of reason to be fired up and I don't have a chip on his shoulder. He's pitching in game one of, of a postseason series, but he was also part of that Dodgers team that was cheated out of a world mm. series by the Houston Astros. So I would imagine that there's a part of Kenta Maeda. This is like a revenge start for him. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, Kenta would have a ring yeah. with, if not for the Houston Astros. And now wow. he has a chance to beat them
0: in the postseason. Man, that's, that's actually really cool. I haven't even considered that. That's going to be a really fun storyline to actually keep track of. And I'm like, wow, now I'm really excited for the game. And I thought I was excited before. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> that that's that, that actually really interesting. Because, um, yeah, as we know, Kenta Maeda was on that Dodgers team. They didn't – he would always be put in the bullpen, correct, like in the playoffs? Yeah, that, and yeah. that was
1: part of the reason why he wanted out of right. uh, Los yep. Angeles
0: in the beginning. For sure. And, yeah, now he's getting his chance to go out there and start game one and prove not only the Dodgers wrong for not on, not ever putting him in that rotation, but, uh, you know, give it to the Astros, kind of say, screw you. Here's, you know, you cheated me out of a ring. I want to shut you out for seven innings. And, yeah, I'd, I would love that. I hope we see him have a great game. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited for sure for game one coming up on Tuesday night.
1: I am too, And I really do like the storyline with Maeda being with the Dodgers and, and that whole situation there in, in 2017. And like I said, I don't think any professional baseball player needs any extra fuel to get ready for a postseason game. But just having that, I don't know, bad taste in your mouth from what the Astros did to him in 2017, I, I hope that just really lights a fire into Maeda. And, and, and do we see an even better version of Kenta Maeda if that's even possible?
0: yeah that'd be great and yeah just to touch on some of the other playoff matchups upcoming the blue jays eight seed will face the rays um the white Sox will face the athletics and the yankees will face the indians which will have garrett cole facing shane bieber in game one that'll be just outstanding and all that's a fun fun match on tuesday yeah it's gonna be a tuesday and a wednesday just full of playoff baseball and i'm very excited it's been, you know, we got 60 MLB regular season games, but here's where it really gets fun. It um, does. and it is,
1: it is kind of a, a bittersweet thing. You know, It, it almost sure. even,
0: even though the calendar,
1: you know, it, it's getting cold here in Minnesota. The leaves are changing. It's fall. It's postseason baseball time.
0: But it doesn't feel like it should be because we only had 60 games. Yep, absolutely. We've touched on this a bit already, but it absolutely does not feel like we should have playoffs right now. Like, they played 60. It feels like we're not even halfway through, which in a regular season, we wouldn't be. So. We wouldn't be at the all-star all break right. yet. Right. Jeez. That's weird. But, yeah, it's a whole other game here. And, you know, maybe this, this is just exactly what the Twins need. They'll go win a playoff game <laughs> or two or go all the way.
1: So, one thing I'm kind of confused about with this postseason bubble situation, why are American League teams playing in National League ballparks and National League teams playing in American League ballparks? I I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. The Twins are going to be playing in Los Angeles and San Diego. Really? Yeah. I, I they're go, they're right. going down to, they're yeah. going down to San Diego. If, if they get through this series against the Astros, they'll hop on a plane and fly down to San Diego, and you'll have an American League playoff game at Petco Park, which is a beautiful,
0: <laughs> which is a beautiful stadium. It's a great park, absolutely. I, I know, we, know in
1: 2020 we can't travel. We can't go to ball games. But for listeners, well, we if maybe. you haven't – if you have a chance to go travel to see a ball game Petco park needs to be on your list that is a beautiful stadium in a beautiful city um so it'll it'll be it'll be fun to see the twins play down there at Petco park but it's just going to be weird why are we playing American League postseason baseball at a National League stadium
0: could it be so if the NL was at that place the Padres could have an advantage if the bubble was at that Mm. yeah so I guess that's it does make sense. You know, I suppose that's true. Padres an advantage if they're playing there. So I, I get it now. It just, it hit me. But if that's the reason, of course, maybe MLB is weird. So it could just be some weird reason, but it does make sense to me. It does. That's a, that's a good point right there in terms of, you know,
1: you could have a, a home, a home team in a bubble environment. I think major league baseball was trying to avoid that. So if you just put, you know, right. nationally teams, American league ballparks, American league, and national League, you eliminate any of that potential conflict.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad the teams are going into a bubble, I guess. I know the, the players, It was they, MLB refused to just, like, lock something in since bubble situation didn't really get solidified till like, a week ago. So the players were really mad, but, it, I mean, at least it's unlikely any playoff game will be canceled or delayed to, you know, COVID-19. So I'm glad yeah. they're going into a bubble. It they, they wasn't necessary for the MLB regular season, I guess, but, yeah, I'm glad another, they're going to Another thing, that.
1: too, you know, like, this is hasn't really been talked about all that much, but all these both post, postseason teams and teams that have been contending for the postseason, for the last week or so, they've all been true quarantined to a hotel. Like right now, even though the twins have been playing at home these last five games, they've been staying at a hotel in downtown Minneapolis. So not allowed to stay at home with their families. And that goes for every postseason team is they've all been quarantined and bubbled inside of a hotel to make sure there are no chances of a positive COVID test that could screw things up in the postseason. So I think that was a very smart move by Major League Baseball as well.
0: (laughs) It's not a sentence you'll hear often, but (laughs) yeah, for sure. I'm glad they got that solidified and ended up doing that because we're going into the playoffs here kind of smoothly without a positive test in a couple weeks here. And there was just the one couple weeks back, and it has been pretty good. So I'm excited to see how it works, and I'm, you know, hopefully it all goes well because I don't know what they do if a playoff team kind of had an outbreak well you know I hope we don't even have to consider that
1: yeah let's hope not it is kind of remarkable that we've even we've even gotten this far you know earlier in exactly. the season we had the Cardinals and the Marlins outbreak and there was some legitimate concern of can we even get in 60 games of this pandemic seasoned baseball but we got it done. We got we got the 60 games in. We're going to the playoffs. Twins are in it. Twins won the division. And and here we go and get strapped in. Postseason baseball is here, and it's, it's a wonderful time of year. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. You got anything else?
1: No, that's it, man. I'm just uh, excited for the postseason to get for underway. Sure. It's
0: going to be a, a weird type of
1: environment, uh, but it's postseason baseball. Nonetheless, in these last couple of games, we've seen some – High intensity baseball, which makes me feel confident that we'll see the same in the postseason and, and from a, a viewing perspective on TV it's it's going to be very similar to what we've been used to and I'm excited for that
0: absolutely and the next time we, re- we record it will be one day before the division series gets underway so hopefully the twins are in there and we'll we'll know in about three days from now so yeah hopefully next uh, week. Yeah, yeah hopefully
1: next Sunday we're talking about more twins baseball to come
0: absolutely have a good one have a good night.